we will have looked the beast in the eye. We will have come to terms with our horrendous past and will no longer keep us hostage. In 1986, all hell broke loose on three areas near Old Crossroads in the Weinberg district of Cape Town. The struggle zones were a hive of underground operations and anti-apartheid activity. According to the SA History Archive, attempts to save Crossroads from the destruction became a major battle between the government and opposition movements during the late 1970s and 1980s. Power struggles over housing and leadership became a breeding ground for violence. An extract from the TRC transcripts on Sesana Mary Patlani's submission describes the events of 1986 in this way. In early 1986, a group of men who came to be known as the Wittdukke, because of the white scarves they wore around their heads, led continued assaults on squatter camps in Nyanga, Crossroads and KTC. Indeed, it was suggested that some police were engaged in arson and killing themselves. In 1986, there was just too much chaos, too much fighting. The fighting was amongst blacks and also white against blacks. Kids also involved. It was just a lot of chaos from January to the end of the year. People were dying right through. Police were just shooting children day and night. 60,000 people were left homeless after the violence escalated and the areas were torched between the 25th of May on the 12th of June in 1986. Philippi, Cape Town is now home to many of the families who were victims of the old crossroads violence. I went there to speak to those families. It's clear that these RDP houses were, were built by shoddy contractors because of the quality of the work. There are cracks in the walls, there are no ceilings, there are no bathrooms. As we enter Mama Bellina's home, Shelley can't help but vent about the state of Philippi and the risk the living conditions pose to little children. All the children, there's no space in the house. All the children are in the roads. It's, this, is, this is not the freedom that we fought for. She later gives my colleague Zuko and I a brief on the social conditions that have maintained the presence of trauma in this family's lives. Belinda's daughter was in matric in the second film struggled to put this kid through her schooling. Um, this beautiful daughter was shot by a stray bullet in, in crossroads. Gone. Sindiswa Nunu is visiting Mama Belina for our interview. Her eyes bear the brunt of bitterness and resentment as she begins to explain why she failed to show up at the TRC. At the time of the announcement was very short and at the very same time, rather than being the, the time strain, it was due to the way on how they've introduced the program because at that time look at the people who lived in the, in, in the squatters because we were then living in the informal settlement where there were no radios no televisions reflecting on the 1986 old crossroads tragedy she says they went from one land invasion to another i grew up in that sense of being in the squatters until we had the disaster of 1986, where most of the people lost their lives during the Vetuke, where they were being shot at and our houses burned down. Those affected by the events of 1986 were eventually given a generous donation by a U.S. NGO and government to acquire the land now known as Philippi Cape Town. 
The area should be a beneficiary of the President's Fund, which is a multi-million rand fund earmarked to develop communities that have been identified as having been severely and directly affected by apartheid human rights abuses. Nunu was a lifelong member of the United Democratic Front in the anti-apartheid movement. Her story, like many others, are a strong reminder that women carried the heaviest burden for freedom. And I meant to be a mother during that time. And I became a mother who never gave the love and shared the love with their children because of the struggle. Deported, shot and arrested several times for her activism and defiance against the apartheid laws, Nunu remembers the time she could not protect her children. The police were looking for me up and down and I had to get into a hiding. When I was in this shack, hidden in this shack, there was a woman that was boiling a water, we were using the flames to cook. So the child was trying to stand up, push the, 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 the pot with the boiling water and the water came up there. She was burned from here up to... The police, the soldiers were all over the area. So I was holding my child in the back, trying to hide because I knew that I would be arrested. Trying to run away from the police, was caught by the other police. They poured me with the powder tear gas with a child in the back. A boy that was uh, six years of age was running from a child. He was running after me that was caught by the bullets of uh, the, the police. Unfortunately, he couldn't die. He's the one of the plaintiffs of the lawsuit of Kulumani now in New York. In the next episode, we continue to hear stories from Mama Belina and Cindy Swanunu. Renowned human rights advocate Yasmin Suka also joins the conversation to reflect on the most recent developments regarding apartheid crime prosecutions and what has amounted to a betrayal of the landmark process at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I am Tanisha Jichels and this is Episode 2 of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission series to mark 25 years of democracy.